Oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, lovely to be speaking to you again. It's Connor Rhodes, your nutritionist and host as always. And today, my dear, it's just me and you. It's a good old fashioned conversation. Today, it's going to be a solo show. It's a solo podcast and it's been a while since I've done a solo show, but I've just had a few things on my mind with regards to today's topic, which I know that you already understand from the title of the podcast is exercise. I've just had a few things on my mind. So I just thought I'd come check in with you. Firstly, see how you are. Let me know how you are, please. Leave on a comment. We've got lots of listeners to this show, but we get barely any feedback. <laughs> barely any feedback. So please, if, if you do like the show, leave on comments, leave on questions wherever you are listening. You can leave on reviews, and then obviously I'll see those. You can also send in questions or comments to the Slum Society Facebook page or to slumsociety.co.uk if you want to. And please do, please do. I'd love to hear from you and love to know what you think of the show, because the... The listener base is growing. It is growing steadily, which is good. That's one piece of positive feedback. People are obviously liking it as we're, we're gaining more and more listeners as we go. I've only been doing this show for, in this podcast style here, wherever you might be listening, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, someplace like that, most likely. Podbean, perhaps. I'm not sure. I've only been doing this style of show for, I don't know, it's got to be less than a year, has it? Maybe you can scroll back to the first episode or um, maybe I will afterwards and see when did I actually publish the first episode? When did this all kick off? It was definitely during the pandemic. It was definitely during the pandemic that this all started. And it's, in my opinion, going well. <laughs> but let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Today's episode as well is in dedication to my father. My father complains when we talk about exercise on the Slum Society show, in his opinion, people don't really care about it. <laughs> he definitely doesn't care about it because he doesn't exercise. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a mistake. And we're gonna be talking about today how if you can exercise, but you're choosing not to, it's probably a mistake. We could be healthier and we could be happier if we were up and moving, literally and metaphorically, if we were getting after it, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And today's podcast and show is also sponsored by me, also known as No One. <laughs> this podcast is completely free. Um, so if you do want to give back, if you do enjoy this content, you do want to give back, again, please leave me out a comment or a question. Let me know what you think to this podcast. If you've got questions, is there anything you'd like to see me talk about? Is there any guests you'd like to see me have on? Do you want any repeat guests? Do you want me to ask any questions to any of the guests? Anything. Leave it on. But also, also please leave, give a little like. You can um, share it with your friends if you think they'll like it. You, you can do these things for me, literally, to just give back. But anyway... Let's get down to the topic of the conversation, shall we? Let's get down to the topic of the conversation. Why do we need to exercise? Why do we need to exercise? I thought I'd start off by quoting some people much smarter than I. <laughs> Let's see what some real smarty pants people have got to say about the old exercise, shall we? I remember one specific quote from Jim Rohn. He says, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Jim Rohn being a motivational speaker and such, very famous. 
I've got a few bullet points and notes written in front of me here as well. I've got a quote written down by Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh, the spiritualist. He says, when it comes to health and well-being, regular exercise is as close to a magic potion as you can get. I've got another quote written down here. Hippocrates, if you know anything about me, you'll, you'll know that I love history. <laughs> I love people and I love the history of people as well. And I love Greek, um, Greece and Greek philosophy. Um, I've been to Greece at least five times in my life. And I love the ancient Greeks and all the history with that. So I've got a, a quote here by Hippocrates, um, who's from the island of Kos, of all places, a place that I have been in around 400 BC, 400 before Christ. So how long? 2,400 and some years ago, quite a while, quite a while. But even he then in the past knew the real deal. Ladies and gentlemen, he says, even when all is known, the care of man is not yet complete. And I'm, I'll just pause. I'm sorry that it says man. You know, philosophy, it's kind of sexist. I understand that the listener base of the Slum Society show here is mostly female. And it's the same in the actual Six Steps to Slum program. If you join Slum Society, 90% of all the clients literally are females. But ancient people were just, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm sorry about it, okay. But even when all is known, the care of man and woman is not yet complete because eating alone will not keep a man well. He must also take exercise, says Hippocrates. He continues, for food and exercise while possessing opposite qualities work together to produce health. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Hippocrates flipping 2,400 years ago, they already knew. They already knew that your two tools for success that you have to impact your health positively, diet and exercise. These are your two main tools of effectiveness. The six steps to slim program that I run. Step one is food and calorie control overall. Step two is movement and exercise. And I understand not everybody can move or exercise. Okay, there's disabled people on the six steps to slim program. So don't come at me with, oh, like I, like I don't understand that not everybody can do everything because I do. Okay, I do. But I'm talking to the people who either do exercise, I'm trying to motivate you to continue. And I motivate my, I'm motivating myself to continue exercising as well throughout this conversation, which is something that we'll, we'll be getting to later. Or maybe, hopefully, there'll be some people listening who aren't exercising. Maybe they already feel like they should a little bit and that's why they've clicked this podcast. Maybe they get a little feeling that maybe they should be doing a little something and getting up and moving. Maybe some of these people, hopefully I might be able to give them a little booster just to start doing a little something, something. But even Hippocrates, 2,000 flipping 400 and some years ago, knew the answers. He says, for food and exercise while possessing opposite qualities. I'm not quite sure what that means. What do you think? Food and exercise possess opposite qualities. Well, I guess one, me, I'm going straight for calories. Can you imagine me thinking things about calories? Oh my Lord. 
I guess, because I was thinking food is calories in and exercise is calories out, isn't it? Um, I guess it, I guess they're opposite in that way. Not quite sure what he's referring to. These are obviously from ancient translations as well, so it's never exactly word for word. Language changes massively over time, doesn't it? But he says, but they work together to produce health, and that is so true. That is so true. One of my other favourite quotes is from a another Greek philosopher um, and intellect from around the same time. Plato, you might have heard of him. An Athenian, a man from Athens, a place I have not been, but would love to. From around the same time, probably like 400 BC. I can't remember the exact something dates. They're both from around 300 and something BC to 400 and something BC, so we'll just call it a 400 average. Plato, another man who went down in history as being one of the smartest people ever in <clears throat> the whole world and of existence, so probs someone we should be listening to. If we, if, we can, if, if we can remember this guy from 2,400 years ago, probably he had some correct things to say. If people from through the last 2,400 years have felt the need to keep writing down and treasuring the things this man have said, and how, how many things have been lost to time or destroyed through time or fire or, you know, or even purposeful destruction which happens to a lot of intellectual materials of the past. Like, we don't know how the pyramids are built, do we? The answers to how the pyramids were built were likely in the libraries of Alexandria, a city founded by Alexander the Great, but in Egypt, when he was going around on his conquests. The library was burned down, maliciously. And all of the information, and who even knows what else information about ancient history was lost to all of time. But enough people have thought what these people said. Hippocrates, there's others in there, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle. The people have remembered what these men have said over thousands of years. Plato said, in order for man to succeed in life, God provided him with two means. Again, I'm sorry that it only says men. It's just, it's just how it's written. In order for man to succeed in life, God provided him with two means, education and physical activity. Direct quote. Continue. Not separately, one for the soul and the other for the body, but for the two together. With these means, one can attain perfection. I'll read again. In order for man to succeed in life, or in order for woman to succeed in life, God, or your genetics, or the universe, whatever you believe, provided us with two means, education and exercise. Not each of these separately, one for the soul and one for the body, but both for both together. Even Plato says exercise and education both nourish the soul and they both nourish the body. With these means, one can attain perfection. And I don't know if that's exactly and entirely true. Can we attain perfection? What is perfection? Perfection would only be an opinion. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, after all, is it not? 
But we can definitely attain improvement, can't we, through education and exercise. Something that I'm going to be going through and talking to you about on this podcast is what exercise and education to some extent, sometimes even education on exercise, what this has brought to my life and the changes it's brought to me, because I find them absolutely unbelievable and phenomenal. So those are some quotes from people greater than I. (laughs) So if you don't believe me, believe them. People have known for thousands of years, even the word gym, gymnasium, this is an ancient Greek word. People have known that the human body needs movement and it needs physical challenge to be strong and be healthy. We've known this for thousands and thousands of years. Some things never change. Some things remain the same. So why should we exercise then? Well, in my work, I focus on two main things. Everything that I do comes down to two objectives, two things I'm trying to achieve with people, two directions that we're going in, two places that we're trying to get to. One's health and the other one's happiness. Sometimes these are the same thing. Sometimes they're linked, sometimes they're separate things. It's definitely a, it's definitely a blend, it's definitely not one or the other. It would be an example of non-duality, let's say. They, they are separate, but they are also the same. So we're going to be looking at, in terms of health and happiness, physical and mental health. We're going to be looking at physical health and mental health. And also happiness through those things. Physical health bringing and allowing happiness in life. And mental health the exact same too. And we'll be looking at lots of different compartments and parts and things that go into health and happiness too. And I'm going to be talking to you about my experiences as well and what exercises brought to my life and why I do it. Even though really I feel the exact same as you, I just don't like it. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I just don't like it. I just literally don't like it, which is probably a good place to start, isn't it? In this conversation. Yes, I'm being honest and truthful with you now. I also kind of hate exercise. I also just kind of don't like it. Even though I have been a personal trainer for how many years? How many? I believe that one of the things that made me a good personal trainer and perhaps hopefully continues to make me a good personal trainer is the understanding that I don't really like the exercise either. I know the client doesn't like it. I know you don't like it. It's not fun. Some types of exercise are kind of fun if you're for, for you know if you're a certain type of person for some people like some people really like tennis don't they? they like playing tennis i don't i don't know about you maybe you do some people like sports i don't know sporting activities don't they playing football don't they i don't okay i don't really like these things i don't know about you for those people okay they can find exercise fun because they're actually doing a game and some kind of challenge which we understand don't we and they're finding this challenge fun and the the physical activity is kind of just part of it they're not necessarily doing it for the physical activity part of it are they they're doing it for the objective of the game or goal and the physical activity is part of that it's part of the achievement 
of the game. If you just exercise, like if you just like go to the gym or you do a class or, or a home workout, then you're just, that's not really the same thing, is it? That's not really the same thing. In that situation, we're not doing it because it's fun. This is, what, <laughs> this is one of the first things you've got to understand. People, people too often feel, oh, I don't like exercise though. I know, I also don't flipping like exercise either. Barely anybody likes it. Literally, barely anybody likes it. It's hard, it hurts. I'm busy, I don't know about you as well. I, I could do with the free time of not having to do the exercise. I'd get hours back per week, which would be good. And that's not even including like time you have to actually like shower and things. You know, it's just, it's just a whole thing, isn't it? Which is, I understand. A barrier to entry for people. It's a barrier to continuation for me and for everyone, really. Everybody who does exercise, they're nearly always struggling to fit in. Unless you're retired or you've just, I don't know, got life magically sorted and hip, hip, hurrah, I'm good for you. Everybody else knows no. <laughs> have we? We haven't got time for this kind of stuff. I haven't got time for it either. There's loads of stuff that I want to do that I haven't got time for. But still, for some reason, I'm prioritizing exercise and I'm managing to fit it in. Why am I doing that? If I don't like it, why am I doing it? Do you know the amount of days I get up and want to go to the gym? That's the exercise that I hate the least. So, and it brings me the goal that I want the easiest and fastest. I, I do it for the outcome. This is the point I'm getting to essentially. The amount of days I get up and want to go to the gym, I swear to God, it's zero. It is literally zero. Do you think, alarm going off, 5.30 a.m., me, oh God. You wake up dehydrated, you need to pee, I'm hungry. Especially now, because I've been dieting for summer, ladies and gentlemen. Well, not just for summer, for health and happiness, isn't it, flipping egg? But it's, summer's just a short-term excuse that I'm also using as an external goal and motivation. We get as many, we take as many motivations as we can, internal and external, and we're just doing it, aren't we? We're just doing the damn thing, okay. So I'm even waking up hungry. Then do you think that I, I even walk to the gym? Do you think I want to walk to the gym? It's not even been a nice summer. It's cold most mornings. Do you really think I want to walk to the gym without any breakfast? Which is what I do. Not really. I'd rather sit and eat a bacon sandwich and see what's on the TV, but I don't. I get up and I walk to the gym. And then do you think when I get to the gym, do you think I want to become sweaty and tired and smelly? And you know exercise, when you do it, it hurts. You know, it doesn't feel good. It actually has physical negative feelings. The kind of the point of it is to hurt. In some ways, as long as you, as long as it's the right type of pain, the more you make it hurt, in some ways, the more effective it is. So do I want to go to this building or house of pain? Uh, for me, 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning. Without breakfast, I'll add again. <laughs> and then what do I do when I'm there? Nearly get squashed by heavy weights. Oh, what fun. From every single angle and direction possible. That's what the machines at the gym do. They squash you <laughs> with weight from every single different angle possible. The more angles you do, the better and more effective it is. That's how it works. <laughs> you, should, you should try and do every muscle from every direction. That's the most effective. So I get squashed from nearly every angle. And today I was on the cross trainer doing some cardio. Did I enjoy it? No. No. I don't enjoy any of this. I don't enjoy any of this. The amount of days I want this to happen, zero. The amount of days I do it, Four to six per week, depending. 
<laughs> Depending on busyness, motivation, energy levels, and life on general. Okay, so why do I do it if I don't ever want to? Why don't I do it? Why, oh, sorry, why do I do it if I don't ever want to? It's because I have to, ladies and gentlemen. I want to feel happy and I want to feel good in life, in myself, in general, in my body and in my life. This is for me. I want to feel good. I want to be healthy and happy. So I have to exercise, otherwise it just won't work. I've tried it. I've tried, just like you, eating loads of crap and doing nothing. <laughs> just doing nothing. <laughs> Do I've tried it. I have tried it. You think I haven't tried eating all of the junk food? Oh yes, I have. In my past, I used to eat so much crap. So much crap that it bears not thinking about. I I'll tell you a story. Perhaps you don't know this story. <laughs> don't know if I've ever spoken about this before. Publicly like this. It's nothing serious, me building it up sounding like it's something it is. It's just what junk food I used to eat. It's just... When I was at university especially, oh my god. Oh my god, okay, this is literally a true story. I used to live with two guys at university. Shout out to Andrew Breers and Cameron Clements. Nice guys. <laughs> Still friends to this day. I used to live with these guys. One of them used to drive, I didn't at the time. And then we used to drive to the gym. Usually it's something like 11 a.m. because you know what students are like, waking up late. I would have eaten nothing most likely before this point and we would drive straight to none other than McDonald's drive-thru. I would buy two double cheeseburgers. At the time they were 99p, two pounds or one pound 98, if you want to be precise, and I often do. Did you know that a double cheeseburger, I do, has and I forget, but it's 23 or 24 grams of protein. I'm edging towards 23, but I forget exactly specifically. It's been a while since I've double cheesed, okay? I do believe, check if you wish, they're 440 calories. I would buy two of these, but I would, from one of them, throw the bread away. I can't remember exactly how many calories the bread is. It's something like 80 to 100. Then I would take the two other burgers that are now breadless and I would put them into the other burger and create not the double cheeseburger, but the quadruple cheeseburger. For 45 plus grams of protein and what would it be? 700 and something calories and pound ninety-eight. When you're a student and I'm trying to build muscle and that's the only thing I really care about, I'm thinking, I don't think about health. Health of what, sorry? I don't even know nothing about that at the time. They don't know nothing about this. <laughs> Barely even coming into my thought patterns. I'm thinking protein and let's lift some weights. I'm trying to build some muscle. Two pound for 45 plus grams of protein that I don't have to cook. I'm thinking this is a great deal. Then we'd go to the gym, we'd train for, I don't know, one to two hours, do the weightlifting things. And then do you know what we'd do, ladies and gentlemen? Do you know what I'm gonna say? We'd go again back to the same drive-thru to the same drive-thru at the same McDonald's, usually with the same person working there. And I would order the two double cheeseburgers again. And I'm going to tell you honestly that one of my friends who I used to live with, he would get two double cheeseburgers and three chicken selects, and he would put the three chicken selects into the one burger, along with the four other quadruple burgers like I did. did. I was going to say do, not anymore, did. Tense is important. <laughs> in these situations, isn't it? And he would also pour sweet chili sauce on top of it as well. So it, 
Do you understand how tall this is? This, this is disgusting to me now. <laughs> That's too much McDonald's. It's too much McNeese. Some McNeese, okay. There's a limit though, isn't there? <laughs> too much of anything can be a bad thing. Okay, and two a days. Two a days. No, it's not good now. No, it's not good now. <laughs> is it? That's what I used to eat. And I used to order so many takeaways. Oh my Lord. So many takeaways, sometimes every day. I remember one specific time there was a takeaway and we ordered takeaway and it came and I don't remember exactly what the food was, to be honest, because that's not really what's important in part of the story. The important part is that number one, we loved it. Number two, we ordered it again. I remember one time, literally, this is a true story, we ordered takeaway twice in a row. Have you ever done this? Leave me a comment, I dare you to be honest. <laughs> we ordered a takeaway and it was so nice. We ate it really fast and then thought, oh, I want that again, do you? Other people agreed, yes. I would also enjoy that. And we ordered it again. The same thing from the same takeaway immediately again. And I wasn't healthy back then. I didn't feel good and I wasn't in good shape and my energy levels were not good. And there's other reasons, yes, for it, but that is a contributing factor. That is a contributing factor. I've eaten so much crap throughout my life and I know you have too. We've tested it, okay? You have tested the theory of I will eat all the crap and it will make me happy. Haven't you? I have too. I have found it not to be true. For some people, if they find that to be true for them, okay. <clears throat> Honestly, I don't care what people do unless they ask me to care about what they do. People think because I'm a nutritionist that I'm judging them and what they eat. You know, <laughs> if I like go out for a meal with people, Everybody's like giving me like the side eye and looking at their meal and then looking at mine and then looking at me to see if I'm looking at theirs and trying to assess through my eyes, the windows to the soul, what I'm thinking about their food. I'll tell you now and I'm going to swear, fuck all. I'm not thinking anything about your food. I'm, for starters, I'm more mindful to know that one meal is no big deal and what you eat now, that food that I'm looking at on your plate that you haven't even eaten yet, that's definitely not making the weight, you the weight that you are, is it? One meal never makes you the weight you are, especially that one that you haven't even goddamn eaten yet. It's got nothing to do with anything. I don't care what you eat. If you care what I eat, then I don't know, that's your business. That's your business. I have to care about it, what enough people eat without me going around snooting into people's business. Snooting into people's business. Who do you think I am? <laughs> you know. But I, I care about I care about the people's food that when, everybody who's in, in the Six Steps to Slim program or is one of my one-to-one -one clients, they have come to me and said, hey Connor, I would like your help. And I've said that's great. Then I care about what you eat. Until that point though, no. So if you or anybody else wants to eat loads of junk food and finds pleasure in eating junk food and only positives from the overconsumption of food and let's say all the ramifications that come with it, weight gain, etc. If they love it and they find it, then good. Good, then you do you. For me, okay, wait, everybody except my father. <laughs> if you are listening, father, he has said to me that he enjoys eating loads of food and doesn't care about the weight gain or <laughs> longevity or long life. And to that I say nay. 
Because, dear father, I love thee, and wish to spend more years winding thou up. <laughs> so eat better. Eat better, you... Anyway, anyway. For me, I have found that eating all the junk food and doing none of the exercise does not make me feel good. It makes me feel like I've got sludge for blood. If it continues on, I'll, I will feel like an actual slug. <laughs> I don't know about you. Chances are, though, if you're a Slum Society listener, except if you're my father, everybody else who's listening probably has also found the same. Probably you also feel like me, don't you? That if you, 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 you know that if you eat too much crap, you just feel bloated and the weight starts to go on and the clothes start not to fit. Then we have to buy the size up and then the confidence is going down and then the out of control feelings increase. And then for some people it causes literally health issues. That's one of my specialities. I coach so many people who have health issues, sometimes caused by weight management and food or sometimes exacerbated or exaggerated by weight management and food. Some people it's literally causing them physical issues if you're any of these, if, if you're any of this, if, if you know that you feel better when you eat better and when you get a little move on, if you're somebody that wants less pain in life, if you're somebody that wants more freedom, you want to be able to move across the earth easier in your biological vehicle, that's what your body is. It's a biological vehicle that transports your brain around the earth. If you want your car, your you, your body to be feeling smooth and starting every morning nice and smoothly, not chug 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 and we have to try it three times and it's mildly embarrassing. Chug 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 and you think, oh thank god. You have to leave the car going for ten minutes on a winter morning. This is if this is what you feel like, this doesn't have to be you. You can make your biological vehicle a magical, reliable vehicle. All of this through diet and exercise. And even though I know all this, even though I know all this and I experience the positives it brings, still I tell you that I still don't want to because it's still just difficult, isn't it? It's still hard. I'm still lazy. I don't know about you, I'm normal. I don't know about you, I am lazy. I am naturally lazy, people are. People are, it's built into our genetics to love eating food and to want to gain body fat and then stay warm and hide surrounded by food where it's safe. <laughs> you know, it literally is, it makes sense. Doesn't it, it makes sense. So I don't like exercise either, just like you don't. I don't like healthy eating either, really. I like the benefits it brings. But I'm not motivated to do it. If I could get away with not exercising and eating pizza every day and still feel good, I would. I know you would too. But you've tried it, haven't you? You've tried it. And it's just... That's just not looking after your health, is there? It's, it, is it? It's just, it's just not looking after your health. And... Really, there's only two options. We either look after our health, or we don't. Literally, isn't it? The foods that you put into your body, the things, the foods that you eat, you absorb these, all of them, and they become part of you. It affects you, whether you like it or not. Whether you think, oh, I don't care, or it doesn't make any difference. It's still happening. The foods that we eat and the movement or lack of that we do, these are so intrinsically linked to our health and happiness. And I choose a healthy and happy life. So even though I am not motivated, I don't want to, eat healthy and eat vegetables and walk and watch my calorie intake. It's not fun. It's not fun. 
It's not fun, I'm not motivated. The things you're motivated to do, that's what you want to do. Oh, I feel motivated to exercise. No, I don't. I don't ever feel motivated to exercise. I don't want to exercise, not directly. I just do it anyway. I'm not motivated to exercise. I am determined to be healthy and happy. I am dedicated to my goals and to my pursuit of health and happiness in my life. That's why I exercise. Not because I want to. Oh, I enjoy it. No, don't be ridiculous. It's painful. I trained legs this morning. It was, it was the slow creeping death. I trained legs this morning with the great and powerful Becky Creel. Shout out, six steps to slim member. She was doing my leg workout which one can barely survive. Which one can barely survive. It's torturous, torturous pain. It's, I wanted to, we did, we did like 10 exercises. I wanted to stop halfway through the first one. I thought, oh, that's enough. I'm sick of this already. This is awful. Still, we carried on. Still, we continued. Why would we do such a thing? Not because we wanted to. Neither of us wanted to. She'd just finished working nights at the hospital and then turned up to slaughter legs with me. I even said to her, take it easy. You've just come off nights. She, she, she said to me, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired. I said, oh, well, take it easy. I know you've just come off nights. She's going back onto another night shift at the hospital again tonight. I said, take it easy. We'll not do too much. I'll do, I'll do my sets. You just take it steady. She said, no. She said, let's just do it. Why would she do that? Not because she wants to. She would have wanted to go home, consume carbohydrates and sleep, but no. Leg torture with me, why? Not due to motivation, due to determination, due to drive and desire for health and happiness, due to dedications and goals. So I force myself to exercise, and so did Becky in the training session this morning. We both felt many times, and if you've ever exercised, you'll have felt this. If you've ever, running's the worst for it, because at least with exercise like weightlifting at the gym, you at least get breaks in between the sets. <laughs> you only have to do 10 reps or 15 reps or however many. And then you can have a little break. We usually do small circuits. So after two or three sets of 10, then we get to have a little break and we can have a sit down and agree about, have a little chat about how awful it is. And we can sympathize for each other and recuperate. And then we'll go again. In some, in some ways, that's not easier, but in some ways it is. It, running, though, oh my lord, if you've ever tried jogging or running, if your brain's anything like mine, it'll just talk to you the entire way through saying, oh my god, this is awful, you can stop, you're out of breath, you need to stop, your ankle hurts, don't continue, you can take a little break, we'll start again soon, if you stop, nobody will know, why are you even doing this, why don't we go back, and it'll just non-stop the entire time, <laughs> isn't it? Non-stop the entire time. And this is normal, you know, this is normal. Do you know a man called David Goggins? Because if you don't, you probably should. He's an extraordinary human. <laughs> He's such a, such a unique person that exists on the earth right now. And he is fuel for the fire of your life if you, if you wish for it. His personality and style is definitely not for, for everybody. There is, there is swearing of sometimes intense levels on his videos, so it could be a children. It's not, it's not like disgusting, vile swearing, but he'll motherfucker this and don't be a bitch that. <laughs> all, all this kind of stuff, honestly. Um, so if you're offended by words, maybe it's not for you, but 
If you're somebody that likes motivation for exercise or for life in general, especially for running, he's a runner. He's an, not, not even just a marathon runner, he's an ultra marathon runner. Does races that are hundreds of miles long without stopping. He is one of the most savage and just hardcore humans that exists on this earth at this minute in time, for sure. And if you listen to his videos, which if you're looking for motivation and exercise motivation further than I can give you or I'm giving you here, then the next level should be to look for him. Go to YouTube, type in David Goggins motivation, go at it. Um, he's got a book as well, which is good, but it's quite emotional. So it's not an, it's not an easy going time because he's had a tough life. And that's one of the things that's made him the hardcore person and successful person that he is, which is one of the things we'll be getting to. But he says, he will tell you that even he, an ultra marathon runner, he can run hundreds of miles without stopping. Multiple marathons without rest. He says sometimes in the morning when he's going out for his training runs, his normal runs, he says he'll sit at the bottom of the stairs and stare at his shoes for 30 minutes. Convincing himself to go. Procrastinating, even he. The world-class athlete. An unimaginable athlete. Who can run multiple marathons in a row without stopping? I'll tell you who. That man still stares at his shoes for 30 minutes, convincing himself to go. Do you understand that you're normal? Do you understand that people don't like it? The people you see running, they're not doing it because they like it. Part of the importance of it is doing it because you don't like it. That's part of the whole thing. That's, that makes you a stronger person. Forcing yourself to do hard things makes you stronger mentally. So when you exercise, it makes you stronger physically and mentally. <clears throat> because you don't want to do it. But you do it anyway. You do the hard thing on purpose. Not by force, by choice. That makes doing hard things in the future easier. Similarly, if... And this is... <clears throat> This is some advice I've got for you here. Similarly, letting yourself down, you know, if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, even just for yourself, even not letting other people down, letting yourself down. This is what damages your self-esteem. Do you know what self-esteem is? Self-esteem is your feelings of yourself. It's how you feel about you. And if you let yourself down, you won't feel too great about yourself. If you don't believe the words that you say, if you tell yourself, I'll do this, and you don't even believe yourself, this is a slippery slope. I would encourage you not to do this. I would encourage you, even for your own sake, to, for you to follow through on the things that you think that you should do for you, not for anybody else. It's not about them. It's your life, and it's for you. You follow through on what you need to do. It's very important. So if you say to yourself that you're going to exercise, and then you don't, if, if you can't, then you should not and probably will not feel bad about that. Sometimes life gets in the way. But if you just don't, if you make excuses or tell yourself you'll get to it tomorrow, but you don't, even just procrastinating it off like that, like that. These are not things that are going to make you feel good. These are not things that are going to build your self-esteem and your confidence and your feelings of well-being and who you are. If you say you are going to exercise though, and then you do, if you do the thing you said you were going to do, even though you don't want to, 
Even though you don't want to, you still do it. Why? Because you know it's the right thing to do. Because you know that it, you know that it's the right thing to do. The exercise itself makes you physically stronger, but then doing the hard thing, that makes you mentally tougher as well. This reminds me of a, a famous quote by G. Michael Hopf, H-O-P-F. <clears throat> I remember correctly. And I'm not entirely sure how you say that, but it's G. Michael Hopf. <laughs> I don't know if the P is silent or not. Anyway, the quote as follows. Ha oh, wait. I'm it's going to be a sexist quote again. I'm sorry. What? All the philosophical quotes are sexist. We, I, I shall, I shall adapt the quote postscript for you to make it more appropriate for us. The quote directly is as follows: Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Again, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Do you see the cycle? Insert, <laughs> insert for yourself, hard times create strong women too. Of course, of course, hard times create strong humans. This is how it goes. Pressure makes diamonds. This is real. Life can be easy these days though. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, but people can skate or sail, whatever you prefer these days. It's flexible through life, relatively unchallenged and with relative ease, which is amazing. It's amazing. I hope you have a good life. I hope, I hope you have an easy life. I do in some ways. In some ways I do, it's great. But we also need to be careful not to become complacent with comfort. I do hope you have an easy life in some ways. But you've just got to be careful. You've got to be careful. I'm reminded of a quote by Brian Tracy. A, a business slash life coach. He says, the comfort zone is the great enemy of courage and confidence. The comfort zone is the great enemy of courage and confidence. There's another quote, I can't remember. Or it might be one of those anonymous quotes, which sometimes they often are. Something along the lines of the comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. The comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. It's a nice place to be. It's a place of resting and relaxing and rejuvenating. But things that spend too much time there become soft. It's hard times create strong people, isn't it? Hard times create strong people. So I do want you to have an easy life, but remember, if it's not challenging you, it's not changing you. Is it? Another quote, that one's on me though. <laughs> That's the, I, I just love alliteration. If it's not challenging you, it's not changing you. Tell me it's not true. We need some challenges in life. I hope you have an easy life. I hope you love your life. I hope you beautify all things in your life. To quote a Native American. 
But we need to have some challenge in life. Like I said, pressure makes diamonds. Think of all the good stories you've ever heard. Your life, I hope, will be one of them. But think of all the great stories you've ever heard. The heroes. Think of heroes. Think of the hero's journey. All great heroes go through struggle. Don't they? It's never an easy time. George versus the dragon. Hercules versus the lion. Good versus evil. Even Harry Potter versus Voldemort. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? The struggle causes the hero to rise up. The struggle creates the hero. It causes the hero to become who they can be. Doesn't it? In order to rise up to the challenge. To defeat evil. Without the struggle, there won't be a hero. Without the hero, there won't be a journey. Without the struggle, there won't be solution. There won't be success. They are one and the same. It's non-duality again. They come from each other. It's yin and yang. And struggle like this is what you grow from too. But I don't wish for you in life to struggle financially or with your health, I'm trying to help you with that, or with your loved ones or anything like this. These challenging situations, which I'm sure you've been through, some of them in the past, they will cause you to grow. It's like Nietzsche, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, isn't it? Sometimes it's what doesn't kill you severely maims and damages you, but, but you know, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, don't you? Most, I should say most things that don't kill you make you stronger. I don't want you to have those struggles in life. I hope things are going well for you in life, in those areas, especially the important areas. Those challenging situations can cause you to grow, but they're negative in nature. Exercise, though, is self-induced, but not forced struggle. And it's positive at the same time. Exercise is struggle that you are choosing, not that is forced upon you. That's important. And it's struggle that is positive. It's a positive, safe, beneficial form of self-induced struggle for self-improvement. I'm sorry. I'm getting riled up. <laughs> I'm just passionate. I'm, just, I'm, getting, I'm getting riled up. I'm sorry. Let's, let's bring it down a little bit. Let's take a deep breath in. And we'll take a nice, long, slow, deep breath out. I'm just passionate. Exercise has brought so much to my life that I felt the need to make it my job so that I could assist others in experiencing these same amazing benefits that I have had too. Exercise has been amazing for my mental health. It, in those ways, it's been amazing for stress relief. You know, the physical exertion of the exercise, it's catharsis. It's cathartic relieving stress in a positive rather than negative way. Some people have aggression inside them when they are hurting. Some people even have compulsions for pain when they are hurting and they want to punch things and lash out at people or even themselves, don't they? Instead of hurting yourself or someone else or something, either physically or with food or lashing out or breaking things or smashing or throwing things, run really fast. 
I dare you. Next time you're really angry, go to the nearest hill and run up it as fast as you can until you have to stop because your heart is going to explode out of your chest and consult your medical doctor before taking on this exercise advice. Don't do this if you're of ill health, please. But you understand the metaphor, shall we say. You can release the energy and the emotions and the stress and anger and pain that is being built up inside you in other ways. You don't have to leave it inside. You don't have to force it down and hide from it either so that it can become a black sludge in the bottom of your heart. You should get it out. You should let it out. But where and how are you going to let it out? Are you going to scream at someone? Are you going to scream at yourself? Are you going to cry alone? Or are we are we, are we going to lash out at people? Are you going to lash out at yourself? Are you going to keep it inside until it becomes that like that black sludge and then you'll have real trouble trying to get that out from the bottom of your soul won't you or we could let it out you could physical exertion through exercise lift weights lift weights as hard as you can go to the gym get on a machine push it as many times as you can without stopping you'll feel better it's literally catharsis you can you can release the emotions rather it's amazing for mental health in those ways. It's also a a positive hobby as well that you can do and a positive way to spend time and it brings progression and feelings of well-being and feelings of achievement of again you doing the hard thing and you doing that thing you know you should do that's good for you. In these ways exercise is so good for mental health that it's shown literally in science in lots of situations to be as good if not better than antidepressants, than antidepressant tablets. And I'm not saying stop taking your medication. Talk to your doctor. I'm saying exercise as well. Exercise as well. I've got, I've got a fact for you now and it's that if you can be you can exercise, if you can exercise and you aren't, you aren't as healthy or happy as you could be. Exercise is just amazing for mental health in these ways. Any type, any type, like I said, releasing the emotion or the weightlifting or the positive achievement and fulfillment or the physical progression or even just getting out for a walk. If a lot of people were walking more and if you were throughout lockdown, you know, because other forms of exercise and other forms of everything were shut down and stopped. People were walking more and people felt the benefits. You need to get outside. You need to feel the wind on your face. You need to hear the birds singing. I remember literally at one point during lockdown, I had not been outside for around three days, not through choice. No, I didn't even notice for a while. I just didn't have anywhere to go. We bought all the food in because you weren't supposed to go to the supermarket much. I'm working from home. And I just, you know, couldn't go to the gym. You're not allowed to go see anyone. So I just didn't go outside. I found myself staring out of the window like a house cat longingly. I thought, what? I need to get out for a walk. I didn't realize I'd not been for a walk. I went out for a walk and then as soon, I just have, I have this very strong memory of as soon as I got outside, I could hear the birds chirping. And my first thought was, oh, and I laughed to my, I chuckled to myself in my own mind, oh, and then a little chuckle. I thought the birds have no idea about COVID-19. Then I thought the world's still continuing. The world's still turning. I saw other people outside and I thought people are doing things. And the world's not on fire. And this is good for your mental health. You need to get out, see different scenery, get some light on your skin so that you can produce some vitamin D amazing for you and some MSH, melanocyte stimulating hormone, other hormones as well that come from the sun. Get some blue light into your eyes, wake yourself up, get your blood pumping, get your lungs moving, get that synovial fluid like your internal WD-40 running through your joints. Feel alive, warm yourself up, start moving. It's just, 
It's necessary. It's necessary for feeling as good as you can. And I hope I want you to feel as good as you can. And I mean, I'm, tr I'm talking about mental health, but that's for physical health as well. There's some of those things have started to blend into it. I know that you already know that it's amazing for physical health. Do you want to be stronger? I know that you do. Everyone, everyone should want to be, unless you're already really strong, then okay. <laughs> but you should want to maintain strength at least, shouldn't you? If you're, if you're as strong when you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, and you can be as when you were 20, wouldn't that be great? You don't want to fall and break something or... I coach people and they're, they're worried to go on walks alone in case they fall. I coach people if they, if they fall onto the floor or if they lay onto the floor, they cannot get back up. Lynn Robertson on, on, on this podcast, on the Fun Society podcast, he has told us powerful stories of her feelings and situations in these areas of, of exactly that. And, and so have other people. Another great episode with Tracy Viner. Similar things. Similar things. Exercise can bring you freedom and confidence in these ways. So exercise is amazing for strength, confidence, freedom, movement, life, muscle tone, less pain, less illness, less disease. You know all the physical benefits. You'll live longer, you'll live healthier, you'll live happier, you'll live better, you'll move better, you'll, you'll have less pain. Your body will literally function better Mental and physical health, all the same, one and one, non-duality combined. It's amazing for mental health. It's amazing for physical health. It's helped me in my relationships a lot as well, you know. I've made lots of friends through exercise and it's a nice way to spend time with friends as well. Walking, I've been bouldering, like indoor rock climbing with friends recently, going to the gym with friends, seeing friends at the gym. Really nice, really nice. Um, it's good for stress relief in relationships as well. You know, if you're feeling stressed about something, again, you've got, you've got an outlet, you've got an outlet. If we're talking about romantic relationships, it's a great hobby to do with your partner, a great thing to do. <laughs> I thought one of the, I just remember an exercise meme that I saw online one time. It said something like couples that train together, stay together, like couples that exercise together, stay together. And it is a nice thing to do together, a nice positive thing to spend time doing with each other and, and to talk about. I would say as well that if we are thinking about romantic relationships and partnerships as well, on average, people who are in shape would be more attractive to potential partners, wouldn't they? And obviously, that shape would be different for different people who I find attractive, you wouldn't find attractive. <laughs> I, I doubt, you know. It's different for different people, isn't there? But still, there's a reason it's called being in shape because there's a desirable shape, even if that desirable shape does differ for people and between people. But I'll be honest with you, this has helped me. This has helped me and I feel like, well, okay. Currently, I am single. <laughs> so obviously it's not working that well, <laughs> is it? Um, but I'll, I'll be honest with you and I'll be the first to admit that I am not very, very good looking. I'm not like some Brad Pitt style looking guy. Okay. But in my life, I have still had three real relationships, all with 
Amazing ladies who were all out of my natural league, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and while it hasn't worked out in obviously any <laughs> of these three relationships, I am still very thankful. I'm still very thankful um, to have had these people in my life at the times that they were. But I have, I, have, I have managed to improve myself through, like Plato said, education and exercise into being a man who is in good shape and relatively stable and well thought through. <laughs> I, I at least hope. I at least hope. Which are other attractive qualities. Which are other attractive qualities. Um... <laughs> so basically what I'm trying to say is that if you aren't the most naturally attractive guy like me, I'm not no Justin Bieber looking style guy where everybody just fancies you, there's still hope! <laughs> there's still hope! With dieting and exercise um, and looking after yourself and like I said, education and mental health improvement and all that kind of stuff too. Attractiveness can be increased. <laughs> and of course, self-improvement works just as well for women. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just literally speaking then from experience about my personal opinions and experiences. Anyway, <laughs> getting back on track, but sticking in the same vein and talking about being in shape. Exercise also helps with diet and weight management, you know, talking about the whole thing together. In a number of different ways, if you're exercising or moving more in general, you'll be burning more calories. That means you can eat more food and stay slim. This is, that is honestly one of the main reasons that I do so much exercise and so much walking and movement. It's because I love eating food, it's because I'm normal. I love eating pizza and desserts and having takeaways and going out to meet friends and drinks. And you know, you know, it's normal stuff. I love all this, but I also like to be in shape, what I consider in shape for me personally, my shape, my best shape for me. I also really like that and really appreciate that because it helps me with my confidence and my own self-esteem and my own feelings of well-being. And I want both. So I do lots of exercise so that I can eat more food, literally. And then people say to me, you eat loads and still stay slim. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not flipping nature. It's nurture. It's because I did this. It's because I use my own six steps to slim to boost my metabolism by seven or 800 calories every single day. And a large part of that is movement and exercise. It's if you burn more calories, you can eat more food and still stay slim. Or you can get slimmer faster if you burn more calories as well. So you can get more results. Also, people find, and I also find that exercise helps me stay on track with my healthy eating. For me personally, it goes like this. If I don't exercise, my brain will tell me that I don't need to eat as much protein, which is kind of true because I haven't exercised. And then you know what? If I don't eat as much protein, do you know what happens? I eat more carbs. Do you know what that does? Protein intake goes down and carb intake goes up. Hunger goes up. Then I end up eating more calories. Now I'm off track. Now I'm off track. And it all came from not exercising. So exercising helps me stick on track in that way because it helps me actually think more about my nutrition. It also helps though with positive motivation and momentum building. You know, like once you've done one hard thing and you've kicked off your day with exercise, it's not hard, it's easier in fact to keep doing more correct and positive things because you're already up and moving, you're already on a good positive track, so then it's easy to keep it going. Starting's most of the most of the hard work, that's most of the hard of it, isn't it? Is getting started. Once you're up and you're motivated and you're moving, you've already done one hard thing. 
The rest of it's not as bad. And I'll tell you another, this is just true, okay? This is just true. Healthy eating, in a lot of instances, is not as hard as exercise. So, you know, if you can if you can exercise and you can get yourself up and, up and moving, eating some vegetables is not as bad as squats. I swear to God, I've done both today. Squats is the flipping, creeping, torturous death. It's a terrible time. It's actually really physically hard compared to sitting at the table and eating some stuff, even vegetables. It's just sitting at the table and eating some stuff. After squats, I am glad, I'm so glad to be sitting at the table and eating stuff. I'm not even kidding. So it helps with motivation and momentum, but also also positivity, doesn't it? Also, like I just said, increased toughness. It, it just increased ability to do hard things. It's changing your perspective on what you find hard. If you're always getting yourself to do hard things, then other things seem easier. If you care about health as well, exercise is super important. If you care about health as well, exercise is super important. Exercise is your second best tool for health. Being slim is your number one tool for health. It's literally proven that if you are an over, if you are an over, overweight person that exercises, on average, I'm talking, not you, a person who is overweight but exercises on average will have worse health markers and outcomes than somebody who is slim but doesn't exercise. So if we're talking health, being slim is number one, exercise is number two, but they go together anyway. So let's go, don't they? So let's go. So let's go. It's, it's just good for so many things, isn't it? For me, mostly, I, like I said, I do it for the extra food. I do it for the self-confidence. I do it for the feelings of well-being. I want to have a fun, well-rounded, varied life. I want to enjoy the pleasures of life too, of which I consider, most likely you do too, fine dining and the foods of the world. One of these things, one of these things. I want all of this. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? These are the benefits I want. I ask you, what benefits do you want? What benefits do you want? What has sounded best and most attractive for you out of what I've spoken about? Is it the physical health improvements? Do you want to move better? Do you want more freedom, less pain, more mobility? Is it the mental health improvements? Do you want to be happier? Do you want to have more goals and be achieving more? Is it the wellness? Is it the stress relief? Is it the attractiveness? I need all the help I can get. <laughs> what sounds best for you? What sounds best for you? These, that's why we do the exercise. This is my entire point of the entire conversation. It's not, it's, not the, it's not doing the thing. It's not the doing of the exercise that you're supposed to be enjoying. You're supposed to be thinking about what are you going to get out of it? What do you want your life to be like? Do you want to be healthier and happier and more pain-free and freer? Yes, you do. Then what do we have to do? Oh, we have to eat a few vegetables and go for a walk. Then let's go. Then let's go. Well, what type of exercise should you do? What type of exercise should you do? It's any that you can do. It's any that you enjoy. Start where you can. That's my number one piece of advice. Don't do what you think you should do or, or what... Well, like, don't, don't do what you think you should do or what I, in an ideal situation, I would be doing this. I should be going to the gym five days a week. I should do 11 classes. Should you? Just start with what you can do. I know people who do armchair exercise because they can't walk. That's where you can start. If you can even sit in an armchair, you can begin to move. That's where, this is where people are starting. 
Where are you starting? If you can stand up, if you can even do one step. I have coached people, I'm not kidding, I have coached people that cannot do one step due to health issues of various kinds. I've coached people that if they sit on the floor, they can't get back, they can't get back up. There'll be people listening to this show now. Who, if that'll be, that's, that's you, that's some of you listening now. People struggling to get in and out of cars. People, if, even if you sit down in a chair, you struggle to get out without using your arms. This is some people listening now. If this is you, that's where you start. If you can even get out of a chair once using your arms as a struggle, that's one rep. Now sit back in the chair, now get up. Do me 10, get up out of the chairs, even if you have to use your arms. 10 per day. 10 per day for a week, then we'll talk. Start where you're at. Can't get up out of the chair? Armchair exercises. Body weight leg extensions. Just straightening your leg out without even any weight on it while you sat in the armchair. Build up the thigh muscles until you can get out of the chair. That's where we start. It's not what you can do. It's where are you starting? Where are we going from? What can you do? What do you enjoy? When should you exercise? Whenever you can. What type should you do? Whatever you can. Whatever you enjoy the most, whatever's most appropriate for you. It literally doesn't even matter what you do. Okay, it matters slightly. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, it matters slightly. Like resistance training is a bit different to cardio, but which one should you do? Either, honestly either. It doesn't matter if you tennis or swim, I swear. You can tennis or swim, I promise. You can run or jog or, jog or walk. <laughs> run or jog, I said. <laughs> you can run or walk or jog. Any of it. Even jog. All of them. Speed walk, slow walk. Pilates, yoga, yes. The answer's yes. Classes, yes. Resistance bands, yes. You can do any of it. You can do all of it if you want to. You can do all of it. How much exercise is good? I'm bringing it around to a conclusion now. How much exercise is good? If you do none, one session a week is great. That's it. literally you have to times zero by infinity to get to one. One exercise session per week, even 30 minutes, once per week, a week has 168 hours in it, and it's 30 minutes. You'd do better in life if you woke up 30 minutes earlier and squeezed it in, I swear to the Lord. You know, if you sleep in seven hours every night, well, one day sleep, 6.30. Exit, get it in there. You'll do, you'll do, you know, literally exercise does not even cost you time. It gives you time. It gives you time. I'm too busy. I'm also too busy. You know, if you don't exercise, you'll have less time. You'll have less energy. If you exercise, for starters, you'll sleep better. Don't you want to sleep better? Everyone does, including me. Exercise is one of the things that helped me sleep better. You know, if you physically exhaust the body, you'll physically exhaust the mind. And then you know what will happen when you sleep better? You'll wake up the next day with more energy then you'll get more done. Do you know what science shows? People who exercise are more productive, not less. People who exercise get more done in the week despite spending the hours that they spend on the exercise than the people who don't exercise. Why? Because they sleep better, because they feel better, because they have better energy levels. This allows them to get more done and spend the time better. You, are, you get the time back. You'll even live longer. The hours you spend exercising will be given to you back at the end of life and they'll be given to you back in good healthy hours as well because not only will you live longer, you'll also live better. It's as close as you can get to a magic potion, like Thich Nhat Hanh said. Whew. I'm 
I'm just checking the time now, ladies and gentlemen, and we've been chatting for over an hour now. We've been chatting for over an hour, so I think I'll bring this conversation round to a close. I, I hope you found this podcast show and conversation motivating. I, I hope it helps you keep exercising or even manage to get started or even manage to start thinking about it as that's step one. Your body is made to move. It's a magical biological vehicle. Like a vehicle, if you leave it sat for too long, it'll start to seize up. If you had a car and you left it in the garage and you didn't get it out or look after it or put the right fuel into it, then you took it to the mechanic (laughs) after treating it like that for decades. It's, they wouldn't be surprised when it doesn't function as well as it could, would they? Your magical biological vehicle is even better than your mechanical vehicle, your car though, because if you, when you use your car, it slowly breaks down, doesn't it? Um, the parts like slowly need replacing over time and cars have like usage lifespans, don't they? Sort of as they get to higher mileage, you, higher mileage, you know that things are going to go wrong with it. The human body is kind of the opposite. If you use it, it improves. It's actual magic. Everybody's body starts, especially if it's not, especially if it's brand new or if it's not being used much, starts slow and a little chugga chugga chugga. Takes a bit of a time to get started. Like I said, doesn't move the smoothest, doesn't move the fastest, doesn't corner the easiest, doesn't take in fuel the best. Everybody starts like this, but when you use it, it improves. All you have to do is move your body and it will start to get better. You can you can turn your body into a Ferrari. You, you can improve it by using it. It'll upgrade itself. It'll become stronger, faster. It'll feel better, smoother. It'll start better in the morning. It'll have better energy levels and endurance overall. It can become a performance machine or a dependent, smooth, reliable machine, if you prefer all by just using it for what it's made for. So let's get up and moving, don't you think? Leave me on comments, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Subscribe to the Slum Society Show if you like this or you want help with your fat loss, food and fitness, your motivation and momentum, your health and happiness, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to help you and it's been lovely to speak to you again. If you're looking for formal help or you want to see who I am or what I can do for you in terms of actual achievement of your goals, go to slumsociety.co.uk. You can find all the information there. Message me for help and support. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I'll speak to you and I'll see you again soon.